accept Christ into our lives as Savior and Lord. And we actually gave opportunities for those who had never done that before to do that. And then to, to actually open the door of their hearts to Jesus Christ. And then we've, we've been talking about the importance of, of what it means to, to uh, go through it. And today is sort of a culmination. And I've been trying to think, how can we, how can we best do that? And I've decided that the best way we could do that is to hear from someone who is from the congregation who has a real passion for uh, sharing, sharing his faith in Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is the, the culmination. This is the, uh, the grand finale of a wonderful, wonderful story. I mean, it is very, very important that whoever speaks today gets it right and doesn't blow it. So, I would like <laughs> I would like you to give a warm welcome to Eldon Partridge before he totally leaves. <laughs> Either way, where, where do you want to be? You want to be up there? Okay. Rogers said, take all the time you want. Pastor Joyce said, I never met anybody that minded getting out of church early. So, um, but some of you know that I never met a word that I didn't like, so I, I'm not sure how this will go, but um, what wonderful song. Every voice will proclaim every knee will bow, will just bend to bow. How can we do that if we don't tell them? If somebody doesn't tell them, how can we uh, expect everyone to bow a knee and praise the Lord if they've never heard that message? My goal today is to leave you with some very simple ways to do that. Some words, some examples from my life, from my experience. Just kind of weave that all together. You know, isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that take a solid stand and common people like you and me are builders of eternity? We're each given a, a bag of tools, a book of rules, and a shaper smile. stumbling block or a stepping stone. How are you or how are you going to become a stepping stone to Jesus Christ? And that's really another way of saying what we've been saying here. How are you going to knock on those doors? I'm going to start with 1978. I'm going to Christmas. I'm home from a trip. I'm at my mother's kitchen table with my mother and my brother. I'm newly armed with my new Bible, 
Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and I was like the uh, sleeper salesman at the door. They're going to buy. They didn't buy. Uh, it was too much information too fast. It was too much enthusiasm to get a hold of. My mom made comments like, uh, well, there's so many contradictions. Uh, we have a King James Bible, so you'll understand this. It's too hard to understand. And things like that. She just couldn't wrap her mind around uh, what I was believing in and so on. I want to move to uh, 2016, 2017. My mom is at Hope Creek. She's over 100 years old. She's a memory kid. I would visit, and we would talk a little bit, and every time I would say, Mom, uh, you remember God? And sometimes she would nod, and sometimes not. And I would say, God loves you. God is waiting for you. So where does that leave me? I'm somewhere in this gap of what at that time I felt was guilt. But Roger, one of the few times, said to me, something wise. <laughs> you don't have to close the deal. You don't have to close the deal. That's God's job. All we need to do is to share our faith, not share our faith, share our faith in Jesus Christ. If we can't put words to that, it's not going to make sense. We cannot do it by our work. I can go to Davenport and feed someone at, at uh, the homeless shelter. Uh, I can rake leaves for someone. When I was a Boy Scout, we used to help old ladies across the street, and uh, that was a good thing. Uh, I could work for Habitat for Humanity. I can do all kinds of things as a volunteer. But how would someone know that I'm doing that out of a direct commandment from Jesus Christ. We all know the Great Commission. Christ told the disciples in Matthew, go out in the world and tell the world about me. Well, I discovered not too long ago in John that uh, Jesus prayed for himself, then he prayed for the disciples. But then he paid, prayed, excuse me, he prayed for all believers. That's you and I, that's all believers to come. Here's what he said. Jesus prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone disciples, he thus finished praying for them, my prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, through the disciples' message, and we have that from God speaking directly to us today. We associate God speaking directly to us through the Old Testament, but we all have a copy of his DVD right here. He speaks to us. And that's where this comes from. He prays for all believers that many of them may be one. 
God said, you are in me and I am in you. May they, the believers, also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. How will the world know if you don't tell them? Who's going to tell them? So that's where we're headed. We're up against some pretty hard times in our culture today as believers and what's going on in our world and how values and morals are defined. Let me read something to you. This is from Ken Burns, the documentary filmmaker. I'm sure all of us have seen some of his work. He did the documentary on the Civil War, baseball, um, uh, the Civil War, just terrific. But here's what Ken Burns says. All truth is manipulated because the universe is in chaos. What we divine from it is the imposition of some kind of order. When it, whether it's religion, superstition, story, art, literature, science, all of them are an attempt to keep the wolf from the door. And the wolf is the panic of chaos. Don't you feel sometimes like I do that the world is chaos? There is so much to do and schedules and calendars and expectations and struggling with what we believe as believers and what the world is believing. We're believing today in our world that we create our own truth. I can create my own truth and decide what's good, bad, right, wrong, valuable, not valuable. So this is what we're working against as we uh, move about in our culture today. Um, I saw a recent survey that 73% of people believe that faith, or whatever you want to call it, is responsible for the outcome of the rest of our lives. Or whatever you want to call it, is responsible for the rest of my life. That's pretty scary. My dad tried to make me responsible for the rest of my life, uh, and he was pretty responsible for his life. Uh, it didn't work, but he made a pretty good effort at it. Um, so, what I want to do is, is switch now to some examples of, of where I've come since then. Um, I had a really favorite uncle named all called him Dave, and he was more of a father to me in a lot of ways uh, than my own father. He had time and energy to put up with me to take me fishing, to uh, take me hunting, uh, teach me how to smoke a pipe, how to drink beer, how to build a fire, a whole bunch of things. And uh, one thing I remember in particular, uh, I was hunting in Missouri, hunting wild turkey, and we would, uh, you know, each person would have a a big uh, camouflage circle that we stood in and all camouflaged. And, uh, eventually, I started dragging Larry and Jerry along. And one day after we'd been hunting, I said, Larry, did you see any turkey? No, I was reading my novel. <laughs> I'm talking about hope. For some people, there's just no hope. 
loved and respected when he died in his 80s, not one time did I say, God, Jesus, save, church, Bible, to him. Nor did we talk about that funeral. Again, that's what you in that graphic get. I would love to go fishing with him again. Maybe I will. But I didn't put words to my faith. How does he know? How did he know? Pastor and I were um, at uh, the Crawford Hounds oh, a year ago, and as we were leaving, he never buys, by the way. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Rich, I know you know that. So he, he either is really slow to the back pocket, or he says, oh, I just I don't, I don't have any money. I forgot my billfold. But anyway, um, we were just coming out, and a fellow named Ron, who was an acquaintance, was sitting right by the door. Oh, hi, Ron. And uh, this is my pastor, Roger, and, and uh, uh, pastor, this is Ron. And, uh, oh, where do you guys go to church? Where, where do you preach? And I said, Christ United Methodist. It's a bird race only on Seventh Street. And um, he said, we'd love to have you join us sometime. Well, I said, well, now, you know, I'll think about that. When I got home, Pam reminded me that he was Catholic, not Methodist. Which I didn't know, but I put words with my faith, a very short sentence, and tried to put a crack in the door. Well, for perhaps an obvious reason, I remain strong here, but that's okay. The door was cracked. Really, really uh, good acquaintance from years ago who was nearly killed in an industrial accident six, seven years ago. He was run over by a forklift that was moving a 10,000-pound iron beam, and he basically died, but there was someone there who was welcoming him for the faith, and um, I spent a lot of time with him at Genesis. The first day I went, Tim Smithlock from uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes was coming down the hall. He knew Randy Shoup, and I said, how's Randy doing? Well, he's pretty rough shape. And I said, um, you know, did you pray with him? He said, no. I said, no, he, he didn't, didn't want to tell us that. So now I'm going in all set up for leaving that alone. Um, I was there when the chaplain came in a few days later. And he just checked in how he's doing and, and so on. Can I pray for you? And Randy said, no, thanks. Right now, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's when Roger told me, I didn't have to close the deal. That's God's job. I cracked the door open with a little bit of knowledge. So did the chaplain, so did Tim. But God's responsible for closing the deal. But I continued to look for little cracks in the door. One day, uh, he said, oh, what have you been doing? And I said, oh, I've been working a lot at church, and I'm on a committee of doing an awful lot of sort of thing, and, and uh, a few more details. And so a couple of coffees later, I said, uh, were you ever involved in church when you were a kid? And he said, yeah, I was an altar boy, and I did this, and I did that around the church. He said, do you go to church today? No. I said, I, I don't really want to go to church much anymore. So there's a much bigger 
opening now in that door. Now, I still haven't gone there because I'm aware that he's not ready. So every time I'm driving halfway to Canton where we're going to meet, I pray that God will open a door, an obvious door that the Holy Spirit will work in his heart to be open to the message. Not about my faith, but my faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you. In my mind, there's a big difference. I can be a Boy Scout, but you don't go on the trips. You may not be saved. You may not know the death on the cross, the salvation, the eternal life, the crucifixion, and so on that, that guides our faith so well. Um, young lady that was a student of mine at, at United Conference High School, I have continued to stay in touch with and marry our church and so on. We met the coffee. I love coffee unless I'm with him. Um, he's, yeah, he's still there. Third time, but he's still there. But anyway, um, I knew that she had been involved in her church, sang in a small, uh, really good group in her church, and she was into music. And I said, hey, I remember when you were in high school, you did these things. Oh, so where are you going to church? Well, my husband doesn't believe in singing songs. She said, I, I kind of like to go because we like the values they teach and the moral stuff for the boys. So I saw that as a big opening, a big knock on the door. So I said, um, you know, I know you talk about Jesus, and I remember, where are you with that? And she said something that I found really, really a big deal. Well, I'd like to hear more about that. Wow. So we started talking about that, and she said, up to another student who has been in one of my classes at Western and the University. Her father was killed in an automobile accident down by Peoria. And when she came back, we had coffee, and uh, I had money. And so uh, she expressed to me that she felt connected to her family's church when she was there for the services and so on. And she had been active as a kid, hadn't been active for many years. And she said, when I was driving home, I just knew that God was with me. I could feel it. I knew it. And so we talked about that a little bit. The next time we had coffee, um, I, I think she brought it up. But anyway, we talked about church and how she was involved. So I started to ask her about her relationship with Jesus Christ. And she wasn't sure where I was coming from. And I talked a little bit about salvation and so on. Her question was, what difference would that make in my life? Talk about an open door. So all we need to do is pay attention to conversation and use simple words like church, like God. I feel so blessed. What do they play? Um, what, I have a friend who asks all the time, what are you reading now? Well, I'm reading this uh, biography or novel. I'm spending quite a bit of time at Bible study. He's an atheist, um, somewhere between agnostic and atheist, and really puts the challenge to me about science proving what we know from the Bible. For the first time, I engaged him in that, and it almost cost us our friendship because I was trying so hard to defend the Bible. He was 
trying to challenge me. And so later, again, thanks to Roger, I thought, I don't have to close that deal. He knows what I believe in. I know what he believes in. I need to pray the Holy Spirit will work in his life. And we do a lot together. So, But here's where we end it. I believe what I believe. You believe what you believe. And that's okay. But we're not doing that thing again, that argument. Because if it's an argument, if the friendship could be shattered, which it won't be, then I'd never have another chance. And I continue to uh, pray for him. Uh, Anna Mae Dawson was uh, a fun lady here at our church. She used to sit over there. She was uh, quite ill when I met her. She had esophageal cancer and uh, had a, a lot of physical disabilities. She walked with a walker and was very stooped and walked very slow. And when she went to Hope Creek, uh, I used to visit her quite often. And, and uh, we talked about her background where she was a choir director in the local church. And she was a classical trained pianist. And um, so she opened the door by talking about church. Well, I knew she was dying. She knew she was dying. But I didn't want to let it go of her telling me that she grew up in the church, that she went to church. I wanted to know what she knew about salvation, crucifixion, and eternal life. I wanted to know that she wasn't just using words that maybe had no meaning. So I challenged her on that. I said, when did you come to Christ? And she had a very direct, simple answer that was convincing, that she was a follower of Jesus Christ, and she could name the date like many of you uh, can. And so it gave me some real, would you please hear, don't look at me while I'm very very hurtful. Lunch appointment. Talk about fracturing a friendship. There's one I ought to consider, I'll tell you. But it was it was really important to me to, to be with someone who was dying and said all the right things about faith and church. And I wanted to know where she was going to be so we could laugh and joke some more about music and, and her being so impatient and a lot of other things that I would, uh, I would uh, tease her about. Ephesians 2.8. This is going to make some of you think about how you serve the Lord. For it is grace, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that, so that no one can boast that they found their own faith. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance for us to do. Our good works of our faith in Jesus Christ. And so many of us are so generous with that. But if we don't put words with our behavior, we will not bring people to Christ in my opinion. So I need to open the door by perhaps saying a word like faith. Uh, 
person uh, is interested or they seem to be hearing what I have to say. And so I just really believe that through my faith in Christ that uh, I need to serve people. And uh, so there's another simple open door. Uh, and I wonder often, do we speak against God by our silence? Do we speak against God by our silence? I know I do. I've been struggling with some of those kinds of things over the years, and that's why I began uh, reading the Bible a lot and trying to sort out what am I supposed to believe and what I do believe is so. Um, I want to close sort of um, reading something. This has to be confidential, please, please. You have to be able to trust people that are speaking out there. You have to come. You, you will probably know this, but I got this off But we've been talking about sharing our story, your testimony to someone about your faith in Christ is the story of your encounter with God and what role he has played throughout your life. Let me read that again. Your testimony to other people about your faith in Christ, your testimony is the story of your encounter with God and what role he has played throughout your life. For me, um, since becoming a follower of Christ, I've sensed some peace. I still live in chaos. I'm a circus in my own mind. So, <laughs> but but I've, I'm able to, to switch gears and think, be still and know that you're God. And it helps. And sometimes I check my motives. And why are we doing this? Uh, I believe it was Paul that said, I continue to do things I shouldn't do, and I don't do things that I should do. And that catches me off guard sometimes and helps me go the direction that I think I should go. Um, in Joshua, Joshua, uh, Joshua um, is told be strong and courageous. Joshua took the battle of Jericho, and he he overtook Jericho because he was strong and courageous. Well, what followed that was be very strong and courageous, which it took. That's what it takes to start out by using those really simple words that just is a knock on the door, and then you pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to open that door. So the bottom line, and you'll hear it again, and you've heard it many times, is to go and share your faith in Jesus Christ with those who are hurting and need hope. They need to hear the word. They need forgiveness. And hope for them to be saved as God is saving us. Amen? Oh, one while they're walking up, for the real church at 8 and 9.15, I reached in my pocket and I found this. It's a little tiny cross that is worn on the lapel. Did this silence 
not speak for God? Why didn't I have it on me at the cross? One of the reasons might be if I'm out in public, what would you think of me if I'm walking around with it better than I ought to be? Who cares? Who's a cunt? My silence speaks sometimes very loud itself. Let's all stand together.